Hello, my friends. Dennis Gebhardt here, welcoming you to this episode of Guru in Your Ear. Uh, we have been working along here in the Trainer to Trainer series, and uh, last episode where I did a solo performance, um, we talked about the visual learner. So today, I would like to address the auditory learner, and this should be uh, pretty relevant because today I'm on audio, so we'll see whether or not uh, I am practicing the skills I am going to share with you. So we've all heard, again, uh, just a little repetition about visual, auditory, and kinesthetic. And what I thought I would do in this series is go a little bit deeper to give you some ideas as a trainer or a trainer in training, things that you can do to improve your skills. Because as I've said many times over and over, there's a huge difference between your skills at the chair and your skills as a trainer. So let's talk about auditory learners. Auditory learners tend to learn by listening, hearing, and speaking. Now, that's not just you speaking as a presenter, but it's also including them in uh, interacting in an engagement where they are actually speaking back to you, where they get a chance to uh, take the content and repeat it because it is the way that they learn. And I'm sure if you think about it, you know, many people like this who say to you, well, I can't take the test because it's written, but if you give it to me verbally, uh, I can take the test. And of course they, they blame that on being dyslexic, which is an issue sometimes for people. But a lot of times, it's just simply that they're more of an auditory learner than they are a visual learner. And the thing to keep in mind is your auditory learners, most of them are usually not in your front row. They're usually midway back in your audience or maybe in the back of the room because they're depending upon um, you to keep them engaged based upon how your voice and the sound and the tone is. So remember, we talk about everything speaks. So the tone speaks when they walk in. Think about this when you're doing a classroom. Are you setting the mood, not only visually, but possibly are you having some entrance music for them? Uh, or do you use music as a signaling device when you have them do an exercise? Uh, we call it callback music. We'll say, now, look, we're going to have you do this exercise. It's going to take about five to ten minutes. But when you hear the callback music, when you hear this song play, that'll be your signal that it's time to come back and take your seat. A lot of that is, remember, addressing lots of people in your audience. But most importantly, an auditory person will really use that as a signal during the class. Another thing to think about is auditory learners learn best through lectures discussions, and brainstorming. So they like to have good stimulating conversations. They interpret the underlying meaning of speech by listening to your voice tone, your pitch, and your speed. Think about this. Do we practice the way we speak in our classes? Our vocal tone or vocal modulation is real important. Does your voice dance? Does it go up and down? Or does your voice stay monotone? When your voice is monotone, a lot of times people tune out. You know, they say that uh, your listeners 
will leave you many times, especially in podcasts, not always because of the content, but because of your voice. So we have to keep that in mind. I mean, I'm sure you all can remember if you're old enough to remember the Seinfeld series where Kramer had an allergic reaction to Mary Hart, who had a uh, TV show uh, for People magazine, I think it was, on, on television, and it sent him into convulsions because of the pitch of her voice. So vocal tone, your modulation, your pitch, and your speed or cadence. Now, for many of you that are younger than me, and I am older than pretty much everyone, <laughs> your cadence is something we have to be careful with because speech in society today, especially in America, hasn't got much quicker. And we have to think about how many words can the human brain process in a minute versus how many words can we speak in a minute. And sometimes uh, we speak so fast, our cadence is so fast, it does not allow us time to enunciate our words. And as a result of that, many people miss the point of our information simply because we are very casual today in the way that we move through the English language. So keep that in mind, vocal tone, pitch, and speed. And there's other speech nuances as well, and we'll talk about that. We'll talk about how you can use some of the speech nuances, such as pregnant pause, the power of a whisper, those kinds of things, to really make a very strong point, combining them with other skill sets to help you really deliver your message and make it more impactful. We don't always have to scream at people or speak extremely loud in order to make our point. Written information has little meaning to these people, the auditory learner. They benefit best from reading text out loud. Have them involved with you. Read the text out loud and using a recording. They really do appreciate that. Auditory learners, they love lectures, group discussions, informal conversations, stories, and examples. And of course, they love to brainstorm. So we have to kind of keep that in mind when we're thinking about that learner specifically, you know, what kind of things can we do to keep them engaged? Remember that for them, it's about lectures, group discussions, informal conversations, stories, examples, brainstorming. It's really basically having a good conversation. What really affects them is they love to listen, they love to hear, they love to speak, they love vocal inflection, they love tone. When you think about vocal inflection, though, a lot of times we go, well, what does that really mean? Well, here's something to keep in mind. Speaking too fast does not allow the learner time to reflect on your verbal message. So sometimes we speak so fast, you know, I call it word salad. We just throw all these words out. And they're saying, wait a minute, wait a minute, slow down. Tell me what you said again. Speaking too fast can make you seem aggressive as well. Sometimes, and we've seen this on social media, some of the people who have really good points of view, they seem rather condescending in the way they respond to the questions that are typed in when they're doing their live broadcast. And why is that? Because they are speaking too fast, and it's really sometimes comes off to the learner or the questioner as being condescending, that they're not respecting 
their question. Speaking too fast may cause learners to perceive you as not knowing what you're talking about as well. I'm sure you've seen this happen in a class when the uh, speaker comes on. The first thing that you you see happen is that they're talking really, really fast, and sometimes it's really, really high. And that's that cadence is really, really quick. And you say, well, why is that happening? Here's why that's happening. Pretty much all of us have <clears throat> some nerves before we do a presentation. And that energy that builds up in our body because we're excited about about sharing we're excited about being in front of a group of our peers sometimes nervous about being in front of our group of our peers because many times i've heard people say well i'm afraid to i I, it may concerns me because they probably already know what i know now i want to assure you first of all anyone in your class does not know what you're going to say (laughs) only you know that secondly We assume, and that's the biggest challenge for us in our industry, we base things on assumption, we assume that they already know. And you would be shocked and surprised how many of them do not know. Now, that that is not slamming our industry. What I'm saying to you is that there are a lot of people who do not know, and they don't know what they don't know until you expose them to it. And then they go, oh, my God, I didn't know that. I want you to, to kind of take a breath before you do a program. You know, and that energy, if it builds up inside of us, the first thing that happens when we get on stage is we start really throwing out the word salad. You know, we start talking really, really fast, high pitch in our voice. And then suddenly we catch up to ourselves and, oh, my God, I'm feeling better. And now the cadence gets a little bit slower. And now it becomes a conversation, which I believe every presentation should be a conversation. Even, it doesn't matter whether you're in front of 50 people or five people or 5,000 people, it should be a conversation with the learner. When we can develop the skill to make it a conversation, no matter how large the group is, that we're in front of, it creates that engagement. You can personally engage a group of a thousand hairdressers by simply making your presentation into a conversation and not a recital or presentation. How we come out of the gate is very, very important. So we have to practice dispensing or getting rid of some of that energy in the beginning. Now, there's a couple of exercises that my mentor shared with me that I found very, very helpful. The first one was something called 20 paces. And so what I would do before I would do a program, I would find myself a private place and I would walk 20 paces one way, turn around and walk 20 paces another, just continue to walk back and forth and work off some of that energy that had that internal energy that had built up inside of me. There are other people who would do like push-ups against the wall. You know, there's lots of ways to dispense that energy so you're you're in a better place when you go in front of the group. There's also a, a couple of exercises you can use to prepare your voice so your voice doesn't come out of the gate 
you know, you sound like you've got a really high pitch and then it finally comes down to a resonance level of where you're normally speaking. Uh, a couple of things that we can do that we can practice as trainers. And I find a lot of times people just simply don't do that. And I don't know why. I would say first thing I recommend that you do is do a recording of your voice doing your opening statement and and record it several times and then play it back. And if you get a pencil and a paper, you can just take with your pencil and start out and see where it's going. In other words, if my if the if my voice comes out very high out of the beginning, I'm gonna draw draw a line up and until I hear the voice, the vocal modulation change. And if it starts to drop down, I'll draw a line down. And then if it becomes monotone, I'll just maintain a straight line. And you will be surprised at how you can map out your vocal modulation. And, and if you don't have a soundboard, you can map out your vocal mod modulation and you can see where there are areas that you can pick up on. Another exercise that uh, I recommend to anyone who's going to be doing uh, a presentation is learning to um, accentuate a specific word because in our statement or in our phrase, many times a word can change the complete meaning of the entire phrase. So I, I'm just going to share this with you. You can't see me, but I'm going to tell you the statement simply says, yes, I have the queen's jewels. I tried to keep that monotone for you. Yes, I have the queen's jewels. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to enunciate each word. So we're going to start with the first word, which is yes. So here's how that's going to sound. It's going to say, yes, I have the queen's jewels. Okay, so you see that made the impact on the word yes. It means I have those in my possession, or yes, I have those. Now I'm going to use to the second word, I. Okay, yes, I have the queen's jewels. So now it's put it on me. You see how it's changed the statement simply by the way I enunciate or the impact I put on a word. So let's do word number three, which is have. Yes, I have the queen's jewels. Okay, next word. Yes, I have the queen's jewels. Yes, I have the queen's jewels. Yes, I have the queen's jewels. Now, you can see that all of those, one, two, three, four, five, one, two, three, four, five, six words, every time I enunciated a different word, what happened was it changed the meaning of that statement. So if you're not writing yourself a script right now, you should be when you do your programs. People work best from scripts. Everybody has scripts. Scripts are simply a map to tell you what you're going to, to give you an idea of what you're going to say. You don't have to say it verbatim unless you're an actor in a movie or on a, in a play. But what you can do is you can practice that script until it becomes very natural for you. And then you just, you can jump from script to script. The person who was very, very representative of what I'm just sharing with you was a gentleman named Robin Williams. You know, many people would talk about how spontaneous Robin Williams was. 
And he really wasn't spontaneous. He just bounced from one script to another script to another script to another script. Some of you that are listening to this broadcast that have been public speaking for a while, you understand that because you've done the same thing. You have taken other scripts that you've used and you've been in a situation where someone asks you a question and you've pulled from that script to deliver that information you had delivered before in your current position because it was effective there. So voice modulation, very, very important. I believe in just like a singer prepares their voice, a speaker needs to prepare their voice as well. Um, the easiest thing to do is you just take, you know, the vowels, A-E-I-O-U, and then you can say them at one level, A-E-I-O-U. Then you're going to raise your level because now you're increasing your pitch, A-E-I-O-U. Now one more, A-E-I-O-U. And one more, A-E-I-O-U. What you're doing is you're practicing, just like a singer practices scale, you're practicing pronunciation and pitch and vocal modulation before you do your program. And by doing that, when you walk on stage, you are warm. And it's great to be warm because you're almost in the zone. That's what I call level four presentation. And you've prepared yourself because the tools you use as a, as a presenter, as an educator, are more than just your shears or your color brushes or your perm rods or your flip charts or your slide programs. You know, they are also your voice. And remember, you are the package. You are responsible for the energy in the room. And you can set the energy not only by setting things visually for the visual learners, but also by measuring how well you prepare them with the tones and the sounds that they will hear in the class as well. Remember that there's more skills that we need to learn in order to be successful as an educator or a trainer than just how well we do hair behind the chair. Last time we talked about the visual learner. This time it's about the auditory learner. So here's your homework. <laughs> Did you know you're getting homework? You are. Here's your homework. I want you to practice some of these, uh, some of these exercises that I've shared with you. And then I invite you to give me your feedback. You know, you can reach to you can reach out to me at dgebhart at gurunation.net, or you can find me on Instagram at Real Captain Color. And just let me know, are, are these broadcasts giving you, are they giving you helpful information? Are you finding benefit from them? Because it's important. You know, our entire goal at Guru Nation is to help people grow. We are, our belief is in empowering salon professionals. And hopefully some of the skills that I've shared with you today make you feel more empowered. I invite you to uh, watch our live broadcast on Wednesday nights at 6 p.m. on Instagram. I also invite you to uh, visit our website, gurunation.net, www.gurunation.net. Now, for some of you who try to get on our website and you haven't cleaned your cookies out of your phone, because most everybody uses their phone, what happens sometimes when you try to go to our educational page, you have a challenge. So look, we've tried to help you the best we can. Here's what you can do. Those of you who are following me on Instagram, 
go to my bio and then there is a link tree link in my bio tap that link tree link it will take you to our educational page you can also access our website from there and it will also show you some of the classes that we have that are um we're preparing and that are coming up here in 2023 i can't believe that 2023 is already here and uh, we're very excited about what's happening next year if you've been watching you've noticed that um, i have four programs set that are live live in-person programs next year down in oceanside california at the beautiful usp campus the folks at formula 18 have been kind enough to invite me to come down there and use their educational facility so hopefully if you're in the southern california area or in the southwestern united states or even in the east and you want to fly in for a program we would love to see you there we are also planning other programs across the country but right now those four are certainly set there. We also have Hair Color School coming up January the 9th. If you've not gone to Hair Color School, uh, I I urge you reach out to people who have gone, ask them what they thought about it. Did it change their career? And you'll find that many of them will probably say that. And so Hair Color School starts January the 9th and March the 6th is Hair Color University. This will be the second session with Hair Color University. It is a 30-day program. It takes you to the next level. All the details are on our educational page. Tap the, when you see Hair Color School, just tap it. It'll take you to all the details. It'll give you all that information that you need to know. Uh, also, just one more thing before we close off today. Uh, remember that our year-end wrap-up is coming up December 26th. It is our complimentary educational event for you. Uh, it's very easy if you go to our, my educational page, my link tree educational page, and go to year-end wrap-up, tap the, tap the button. It will take you directly to Zoom. That's our platform that we'll be using. Zoom will send you the and register, and Zoom will send you the login information. Uh, it is filling up fast, and we're very excited about that. So we hopefully will be able to see you there. And, of course, last but not least, um, we if you've not if you don't know this um, my book Captain Color versus the Pigment Pirates has done very very well this year we're very excited about that and very proud and honored that people are actually using it there in beauty schools for their with their students as a secondary resource other than the lady and so we we just feel much gratitude to them for for doing that but if you haven't bought my book yet i i invite you to do that i think it will tell you a little bit about me about us our company what we stand for and what we believe in and the things that you hear me talk about online uh you'll be able to get some detail on those like someone says well can you tell me all about pigment weight well i could tell you about a pigment weight if you come to a class but you can get the book and you can read about pigment weight, and then it'll make it much easier for you to understand it when you come to a class. So anyway, I hope you've enjoyed this broadcast today, and I hope that you find it helpful. As always, until I see you again, from my heart to yours, I am Captain Color. Have a great, amazing day, and we'll see you all soon. Bye-bye now. The preceding program was a production of Guru Nation, a brand neutral educational resource for salon professionals around the world.